I wonder how many United States adults are unable to read. I also wonder how many students move from grade level to grade level unable to read the level of text required. It's a great question. Luckily, I have the answer for you. Hey, it's Matt, and you're listening to the Math Falls Mashup. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4. We are talking the failure of fidelity. And before we get started, let me first say thank you for tuning in. I'm deeply humbled that you've chosen to spend this time with me. Fidelity is a concept that should be alive in every school, every intervention system. That said, it's also a concept that has failed. Fidelity comes from a research background. When interventions are being measured for effectiveness, the research must control for the inputs how the intervention is being implemented. This concept traveled over into the schools with the advent of RTI. It's not enough just to say we're doing the intervention. We have to demonstrate we're doing it the way it's designed to be done. Unfortunately, the concept of fidelity doesn't really take hold that well in our schools. And there is the tension. Trying to make sure that an intervention is being implemented with fidelity requires close monitoring, frequent monitoring, pretty much micromanagement. It's a primary reason why instructional leadership is limited as far as its impact on learning. If you're designing and manufacturing airbags, we want to make sure that the quality is controlled for, that it's designed with fidelity. If you're creating seat belts, the same applies. I suppose we could also say that if you're a heart surgeon, we want to monitor closely and ensure that you're implementing the procedures with fidelity. There's no room for error. There's no room for on-the-spot innovation. So the question is, is a classroom of students a manufacturing facility? Is a classroom of students an operating room? I think the resounding answer is no. So why should fidelity be in our schools? Well, the answer to that's also simple. We have evidence for instructional practices. We have evidence for intervention systems. And those systems and practices we know work by and large. It's about creating a highly reliable school system. However, Fidelity has failed to grab hold and it has failed as a leadership strategy. Let's examine the evidence. According to a study conducted in late April by the United States Department of Education, and the National Institute of Literacy. 32 million adults in the United States cannot read. 21% of adults read below a fifth grade level, and almost one out of five high school graduates in this decade are illiterate. Has Fidelity succeeded? It surely hasn't, but it also hasn't grabbed hold.
The way Fidelity has been used to monitor interventions is a focus on inputs, the actions we do to make learning occur. Fidelity has not been used to focus on results. This leaves teachers to feel micromanaged. You might ask, what's wrong with that if we're managing the details that create learning? Well, frankly, we saw the results in the last decade of illiteracy and a recent article published by the American Psychological Association called Choking Under Pressure revealed that employees who feel they are being micromanaged or that the details are minutely monitored actually perform worse than employees who feel trusted and empowered. So what does this mean for our intervention systems? Is it the Wild West and we let the free range and open frontier in our reading systems? Of course not. But I would suggest that instead of demanding fidelity on the inputs, that we focus instead on the outputs. We recently discussed A-B testing as a system for improving instruction and that's exactly the type of system that focuses on outputs. We provide an intervention system to be utilized and we look at the outputs frequently. We assess the results, make adjustments, and assess the results again. The key to an A-B system allows you to make adjustments prior to receiving the results and choosing the results that we want to happen. Now, before we step further into the details of that kind of data, which honestly might bore you on a podcast, let's look at why reading growth stalls to begin with. Why does it stop? By or about third grade, the shift in reading instruction moves from learning to read to learning to comprehend. Much of the time, that means learning to comprehend the testing genre. This is also where deficiencies turn into massive gaps that do not get filled all the way through graduation. Tests are made with multiple choices, but good reading is not about answer choices. This means a student can learn to make minimal standards year after year on a reading test, but still not be a good reader. So how does this happen? There's little time to focus on word decoding in upper elementary. And without getting too technical, just simply talk to your teachers if you're in an elementary school, maybe even your instructional coaches, and they'll tell you, we don't have time for that. This is where the problem starts. Basic reading skills do not decrease in the upper grades. They are massively important as text complexities increase. We see this mostly during fifth, sixth and seventh grade text levels, students who made decent reading scores in third or fourth grade will start to struggle with academic texts, especially in science and when reading primary documents in history. And this is largely because of the gaps in their basic reading skills and word knowledge deficiencies that were never addressed in third and fourth grades. What's the solution then? The solution is a system of multi-layered reading interventions.
Multi-layered reading interventions are driven by multi-gate screener data. These types of interventions can completely vary in terms of program and materials. The inputs can vary, but essentially there must be at least three types of reading fluency interventions, computerized, peer facilitated, and teacher driven. In addition to reading fluency, we must have incremental spiral review as a part of our first teach, particularly for the basic reading skills, decoding, word fluency, word parts, morphology, and spelling. The third layer in a multi-layered reading system is direct explicit instruction in comprehension strategies. If you quizzed your teachers, elementary, middle, or high school, if you quizzed them this week and asked, what's a comprehension strategy and how's it different than a comprehension skill? Five out of 10 teachers will be unable to explain the difference. And finally, small group comprehension instruction with leveled texts. This is meeting the students where they are, focusing on comprehension. These four layers comprise a system of interventions. And the key with this reading system is not that it's driven by any single program or software. It's not a one size fits all approach. It's multi-layered, driven by multi-gate screeners and monitored by outputs. The fidelity is on the results, not on the inputs. Thank you again for listening to this fourth episode of season two, The Failure of Fidelity. I know we got into the details of being a leader of readers, but it's so vitally important. And if you enjoyed these details and would like to dig further, I have the research notes, the studies, and more details on these reading systems at mathboss.com slash mashup. That's M-A-F-O-S-T dot com slash mashup. I hope you check it out. And I ask only one thing. If you enjoyed this episode, please pass it along. Now let's go out there and make an impact.